comes to make all things new. It's exciting. It's gonna be. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be a, a good year. Uh, well, I'm I'm filling in for for John this morning, and I was thinking about what to teach, and I was looking back on my year of 2019, and this is the only thing that came to my mind. The only thing that comes to my mind when I think of 2019 is that was tiring. I just say, wow, I am tired when I think about 2019. Physically, emotionally, just exhausted when I think about 2019. And then I think about 2020, and as, as excited as I am pretending to be, I mean, I'm, what, you know, I'm excited. It's, it's good. I'm excited. But I think about 2020, and the only thing that comes to my mind is, whew, that's going to be a tiring year. <laughs> There's so much coming. I'm just so tired. I just think, I think that uh, I need some rest. And I'm always encouraged when I find this word rest in Scripture, when I find Jesus wanting, as we're going to look this morning in the book of Mark, Jesus wanting his disciples to come away and rest. Best, Probably one of the, the best Scriptures is Jesus saying, just come away, just rest a while. Yeah, so good, let's do that, let's rest. So we're going to talk about what this means because we don't always get to just take a nap. Not all of us are in a place where I want a nap, I'm going to go sleep, or I want to sleep in because I can. Not all of us are in that, that place. Um, so we're going to talk about how to find rest when you can't rest. We're going to talk about that a little bit, and we're going to dive into a, a time during the disciples, um, during their, their walk with Jesus, that they experienced exactly, kind of how I've been feeling coming up to 2020 and looking back back this past year. And so we're going to jump into the story and see kind of how Jesus dealt with that. But let's pray. Um, Mark uh, chapter 6, verse 31 is where we're going to begin. But let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. We do. We, we look back at last year and uh, in the goods and the bads, all the things that we've gone through. Lord, we can stand here this morning and we know that you are with us. We know, Lord, that you were walking beside us. We just celebrated God, Emmanuel, Lord, with us. God, with us. We thank you for that. Thank you that you're not a God who's just out there somewhere doing something that we can never figure out. You're, you're right here with us. You care about us. You're concerned for us. You gave your life for us. And as we look ahead to 2020, we, we are excited because we know that you're going to be with us. Even though it's going to be, there'll be challenging times, there'll be exciting times, maybe difficult times. We know, God, you're going to be with us. Through it all, you're going to be with us. So we thank you for that. Thank you that we have your word. We pray that you would speak to us through your word this morning and just reveal, God, more of your heart to us. Pray that you would encourage us as we look at this, this portion of scripture this morning. We just want to give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So you guys there? Mark 6. Mark chapter 6, verse 31. <clears throat> That's where, where we'll begin. We'll get there in one second. Um, so again, back to this sort of tired theme. Another verse that, that really stands out to me, and you guys I'm sure know this well, is Revelation 21.4. This is a very exciting verse. Revelation 21.4. Four. He's going to wipe away every tear from their eyes. Oh, yeah. Death shall be no more. 
Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. That's ahead. That is coming. That is great. That is great news. I read this verse and I'm excited about my future of rest, my future of, of sleep. But, I, again, I read that verse and it's up ahead, isn't it? What about right now? That's a great, that's a great verse, up ahead. I'm living for that. My hope is, is in that. That's good. But what about right now? I'm quickly brought back to the tiredness that I'm, I'm going through now. I feel like every season ha- brings its own tiredness. You're a teenager and you're tired. You're like, oh, the school. Oh, my parents. Ah, I can't wait till I get out of the house. And then you get out of the house and you become, I guess, an adult. And then you're tired because of work and worried about money and future things and all that. And you're like, oh, I just need to get married so I can have a, you know, a helpmate. And you get married, and you're tired. It just keeps going, and you have kids, and you're tired. The kids move out of the house, and you're tired. We're all so tired. I feel like we can be in this, this boat together. We are, we are tired. But I want to talk a little bit more than just sleep deprivation, although that's, you know, that's going on right now in my life. There's more than just sleep deprivation. There's tiredness of things going on in our life. There's trials that we, we constantly are up against. There's sin issues that they come back and rear up their, their ugly heads. There's things that we're constantly battling and dealing with. Emotionally, we're exhausted. We're tired. We're drained. And then if you throw on top of that the sleep deprivation, my goodness, we are, we're exhausted. We're tired people. We're tired. So... When we look at this story, my, my prayer for this is that the Lord would encourage us right where we're at. Whatever's happened in 2019, whatever's going to happen in 2020, let's, let's zoom into right here, right now. This is where we are. 2019, what's today? The 29th of December, it says back there. Let's, let's be right here now. How does God want to encourage us? How does He want to speak to us? What does He want to show us as we look at what the disciples, what the disciples went through? So, uh, verse 31, let's start in chapter 6. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. No time to eat. Have you guys ever had no time to eat? Have you had that experience? Sometimes I, I get to lunch, and I'm like, did I even have breakfast? Oh my goodness. Sometimes that's going on in our life. There's so much happening did I, even eat? Did I even eat food? So the, the disciples, they just returned from a missions trip. Just a few scriptures before this, Jesus sent them out and they came back and they're jazzed up. They're like, oh, we did so many great things in your name. This is so cool. And they're talking to Jesus, telling him about these things. We're shown in verse 30. So they come back and Jesus drops this amazing sentence. It's an amazing verse. He says, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. I know you're tired. Come and take a nap. Just come and rest. You've been through a lot. There's a lot of people needing you, wanting to talk to you. You were talking. You were healing. You're doing all these great things in my name. Go take a break. Jesus understands. I love this about Jesus. He understands. 
He understands our exhaustion. There's things that we don't talk about that we have in our lives. We don't talk about them because we feel like no one will understand. You know what the amazing thing? Jesus understands. Amen. He knows what you're going through. He knows the struggle, the trial, those, those deep, dark, down secrets that we don't want to talk about. He knows and he understands. Hebrews 4.15 For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus understands. So come away. Rest a while. I know you guys are tired. Come rest up. He sees it. He knows what's going on. This encourages me when I'm up late with the kids and I'm just thinking, this is ridiculous. Everyone's asleep but me and this child. My wife's sleeping. I'm just kidding. I'm happy she's sleeping. It's a blessing. We take turns. But I'm tired when it's my turn. I'm exhausted. Jesus sees that. He's there. He's there. There's emotional struggles of that thing that we just can't think about or even pray about anymore because it's so tiring. Jesus is there. He understands. He understands. And so Jesus says, come away and rest a while. But the interesting thing is what happens next. So this passage, this passage that we're reading, this is a continual story. This is a continual scene. There's no, no breaks in it. It's just moving right along. So Jesus says, okay, come and rest a while. So the disciples, I'm sure they're, they're ready to come away to a quiet place and rest a while. But check out verses 32 and 33. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. So nice. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. That is so not fair. That is so not It's like these people are just like, oh, there they are in the boat, you know, just like, let's get them. It's just not fair at all. The disciples have in their minds that they're going to get rest. This is my time. This is my time. Okay, I'm going to get some rest. So they're out in this, this boat. They're ready, and here comes this crowd of people. And I wonder about this. Because surely Jesus knew that they weren't going to get their physical rest. Jesus wasn't like, oh, bother. Look at the people. They're chasing them. I sent them away. They're not going to get rest. How's this all going to work out? No, Jesus is in control. He knows exactly what's going on. He knows what's going on. I wonder, and we're kind of going to see in this story, it'll develop and and we'll kind of just hit home at the end. Um, But Jesus knew they weren't going to get their physical rest. But as we see in this in this moment of time, we're going to recognize that Jesus is showing them a different, a different kind of rest. And he's showing them a lifestyle that you can have through the tiredness, through the chaos, through the craziness. So, uh, verses 34 now. 34 through 36. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Hey, Jesus, this is a desolate place. This is a nice place for a nap. Here's a pillow. 
Like this is, here we, we're all set up. This is, this is perfect. You've done your teaching. Now we're ready. We're ready for our, our rest. I'm sure the disciples weren't too excited about these 5,000 people because this is what's coming up ahead. This is the feeding of the 5,000. So they've just gone from this missions trip. They've been given this command by Jesus, this instruction, just come away, rest a while. And then all of a sudden there's these people. Ah, 5,000 people getting in our way of rest. <laughs> but this is a desolate place. This is, this is a place. Let, let's send them away. They can, they can buy, they can buy their, their food. So we know that the disciples are tired, as we can tell from their answer. But think about all that Jesus had gone through up to this point. If, we're, if we start in the beginning of, of the book of Mark and we read through, we find that Jesus had gone through, through some very intense things. It begins with the temptations. He's gone, he went through a very insane, intense time of temptation. Then he goes right into doing all these miracles, meeting with people, healing all these people, doing all these different things. He's questioned by by people on all sorts of things. So he's defending, you know, these sorts of talking about these things. Then he's rejected. He's rejected by, by people. And then he's sending out his apostles. And then finally, we arrive to this point just before we hopped into this part of chapter 6, John the Baptist dies. That's a really intense season. Just pop, 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 And then all of a sudden, 5,000 people. Jesus is probably tired too. He's probably wore out. He's probably thinking, all right, that, that whole coming away thing, that sounds nice. That's, that's nice as well. I want to do that with my disciples. I want to go out and rest, have a little holiday with my, with my disciples. <laughs> But here we see the true heart of a shepherd. He doesn't see these people, he doesn't see these people as a roadblock to him getting his rest or the disciples getting their rest. What does he see these people as? He see these people he sees these people as people who don't have a shepherd. His heart breaks for these people. His heart breaks for these people. These people are wandering around without a shepherd. Maybe they're wanting to see the miracles. Maybe they're wanting some, some fulfillment in their life, some excitement. The next thing, whatever it is. But Jesus knew they did not have a shepherd. He knew they were in a desperate state. He knew they were tired as well. Can you imagine living your whole life chasing after things? Chasing after the one thing, after the next thing, after the next thing. Never having a true shepherd. Always, always following these fake shepherds. These counterfeit shepherds. Jesus knew they were tired. He knew they were tired and he had compassion on them. Alright, back to verse 37. Back in the story. So how does Jesus answer his disciples? He answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? To make matters worse, you get them something to eat. Have you guys ever cooked a meal? 
you know, for a bunch of people, it's tiring. You need a couple days, kind of like before and after, to prepare and just rest. 5,000 people. 5,000 people. You, you go do it. Is that, does that seem... Does that seem fair? Does that mean Jesus could have just... All right, I got the food right here. He could have done that, but he said, no, you go get the food. You go get it. So earlier on, what does he call, what does Jesus call his disciples to do? He calls them to follow him. Not just to hang out and see what's going on and, you know, listen here and there. He says, follow me. Be a part of this. Be a part of this revolutionary lifestyle. Follow me in this. So what Jesus is doing is he's allowing his disciples to be a part of the work. Because something pretty cool is going to happen. But at this moment, the disciples don't think that. They're not thinking, oh yeah, this is, this is going to be cool. Feeding the 5,000 is going to be taught in Sunday schools everywhere for thousands of years. They're not thinking that. They're just thinking, what? Look at all these people. We are so tired. We're so tired of serving. Really, do we have to keep going? Jesus says, you go get something to eat. You go, you go do it. Now, I put this quote. It's on the bottom of you guys' sheet. Um, This quote, don't read this quote in a sense of like, okay, guys, get over your tiredness. Pull up your boots and just get it done. You're fine. Don't read it like that. Read it as an encouragement for if you are tired. Because that's how I read it. It says, if a Christian is not willing to rise early and work late to expend greater effort and diligent study and faithful work, that person will not change a generation. Fatigue is the price of leadership. Mediocrity is the result of never getting tired. I kind of like that. If you're tired, be encouraged. Because maybe... Good things are happening. If you're tired and you're pressing in to Jesus and who he is and trusting him, good things are happening. If you're a parent and you're tired, you're tired because your children are just crazy or you feel like God's not answering prayer, you're tired, keep going. Keep going. I like, I like that. But Jesus says, again, come away and rest a while. So clearly Jesus desires for us to have rest. Jesus does desire for us to have physical rest. And we do get that at times, don't we? And it's a blessing. We get to go on holiday. We get those special occasions where uh, maybe we get to stay in bed longer or whatever it is. We get those times. But why the constant roadblocks when I want rest and I want it now? Why are these roadblocks happening. Okay, so we know that we know the story. The the 5000 get fed. Great. Everything's good. Now it's time to rest. We've learned our lesson. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I learned my lesson. That was really encouraging. I'm excited for my rest now. So I'm going to go away and get some rest. So right after the people are fed, verse 45. Immediately He made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. 
And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. Uh, verse, verse 48. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them. So, it's really interesting to me, because again, the disciples go from da 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 to here they are in the storm. But what's interesting about this story, and what really catches my attention, is it says, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat. That's, that's interesting to me. He didn't say, you guys can get in the boat if you want, you can walk around, you know, walk around the sea, you can do this. Maybe wait till the morning when it's, you know, there's no threat of storm. He made them get into the boat. It's almost as if there was something Jesus wanted them to experience. It's almost as if there was going to be a teaching lesson. A teaching lesson was going to happen. He makes them get in the boat. It's just such a, such a funny picture. Like, all right, guys. But he knows what's going to happen. He knows that the storm's going to happen. He knows he's going to do the whole walking thing. But he's like, go out there. Go out there. So, again, in verse 48, and he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them. For they all saw him and were terrified, but immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded. For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. So Jesus shows up in the storm. The storm that followed all of these events this storm that absolutely robbed them of their rest. This storm just snatched any hope, desire, dream of a desolate place coming away and resting. This storm just, boom, it just took that all away. And they're already so exhausted at this point. You know, it's funny about the storms in life. They never come at the right time. I, if I could choose storms in life, you know, I would choose... I would choose a storm in life to come after, you know, a full night's sleep. You know, I'm sitting down reading the Bible with my coffee. The kids haven't woken up yet. You know, something like that. Okay, I'm ready for a storm. You know, something. I, 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 could, I would be really good at choosing when storms come, but they never come at the right time. They never come when we feel like they should come. They, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. But here, Jesus feels that the disciples are ready for that storm. He feels like this is a great opportunity for them to learn about something. At the most tired they could possibly be, they're ready. They're ready for that storm. So he pushes them out there. And it says he meant to pass by them. He meant. It wasn't an accident. He wasn't, whoops, oh, hey. It wasn't like that. He meant to pass by them. Meaning... This was Jesus coming through the storm to show that he was God. He wanted this to happen. He allowed for this to happen to show them, I am 
God. In the Greek, this phrase, pass by, is parakome, and it's the same word used when God passes by Moses. You know that incident when God hides Moses and passes by to, to reveal just a little bit of his, of his glory? This is the same phrase. This is exactly what's happening here. Jesus wants them to know that he is God. At their most tired, their most discouraged. And it's interesting too that they get all the way to this point and they're, now they're even freaking out about a ghost. I mean, just think about 12 guys ah! freaking out about a ghost. So man, these guys have gone through so much. And Jesus shows up. And what does he say? Take heart, it is I. Be not afraid. And he gets into the boat, and the winds are calm. He's using this moment. He's using this moment for them to see something about God. That he is with them through the storms. That he is there for them. He says, take heart, it is I. I the creator, I the savior, I your friend am going to be riding along with you in this boat. Take heart. Take heart. Okay, good. Now we learn the lesson. <laughs> now we're good. Now we can go rest, right? Now we're ready for some, some rest. You ever feel like that? You ever feel like that? Okay, Lord, I've... Thank you. I've learned patience now. I am a patient person. Thank you. And then, wham, you get hit by a car or something on the road. And you're just like, Lord, what, what's going on? Or you fail that test over and over and over and over again. You're like, God, I, I know. Okay, I, I get it. God is the teacher. He knows what's going on in your heart more than even we do. He's showing us something about ourselves and something about Him that we need to know. So, maybe the disciples are thinking, okay, I get it. We get it. So, verse 53. And when they had crossed over, they came to land at Gesenaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized Him. And ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment, and as many as touched it were made well. I don't know if they ever got rest. Like, I don't know if that ever happened. It doesn't get to the point where it says, and then they came away and... and rested a while. Because here, eventually, they're going to be feeding the 4,000. Sweet mercy. You're just thinking, what's going on? So they cross over, and there's those people again. There they are again. This is incredible. What's happening? Oftentimes, we think if everyone would just go away, if all the problems would go away, then I would have my rest. Or if I could just get this, or earn more of this, or have this, then my problems would go away. Jesus is wanting his disciples to know that's not the case. 
That's not necessarily the case. So as Jesus walks up to the boat in the very midst of their despair, he is showing them that they need God. They need to know that he is God and that they need to know that he's with them. Because what happens right after that? They freak out about the ghost and you know, Jesus is in there. They were questioning about the loaves. I mean, this whole ghost thing, Jesus is walking on water. That's pretty amazing. But what about those loaves? Like that. What, what happened with those? How did that, you know, what's going on? The Bible says their hearts were hardened. Their hearts were hardened. There's still some tough ground that the Lord was trying to loosen up. He's trying to get them to see, oh, Jesus is God. Jesus is with me. He's with me in this. And it's an amazing, encouraging time that we can look back, we can look at this, what the disciples were going through, and we, we get this sense of, okay, when I'm going through that, God has a plan. When I'm going through that, God wants to show me something. In Exodus 33, 14, God tells Moses, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you. This is further fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This is such a deeper issue than getting a good night's sleep. Because that's not necessarily going to happen for us tonight, or tomorrow night, or the night after. This is such a deeper issue. Jesus is saying, everything that's burdening you, everything that you're bogged down with, all those worries about 2020, lay that on me, and you'll find rest. Lay that on me. As you're going through this storm, as you're going through this storm, Cast your anxieties, your worries on me. Lay, lay them down at my feet. I don't know if you guys have ever been to the chiropractor, or if there's any chiropractors in here, or if we even like chiropractors. Chiropractors. Interesting thing about chiropractors is the way, this is, this is what they say, okay? So don't hold me to this, but the way that we posture ourselves affects the way we sleep. So they say if you're sitting at your desk like this, you know, or at the table, or just spending your life like this, you will be more tired. But if you're more, you know, like this, and you're doing your work like this, you'll be able to sleep, sleep better. But that's not the, the main point. The interesting thing is the way that they're the chiropractors are saying, the way that you posture yourself affects your lifestyle. And it's interesting because I, I paired this up, if, you know, God being the chiropractor. <laughs> the way that we posture ourselves, what we do with our life affects, affects how we feel. And it affects what we know. How we posture ourselves. Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me. I don't know about you, but for myself, 
I want that. I want to posture my life in such a way where I know God's presence is with me. Amen. Where I can go through a storm and not be like, oh! I, that's, I'm such a whiner. I look back at 2019 and I think, what a whiner. You know, because once you get through these things, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, it's fine. Not a big deal. But as you're going through them, you're like, everyone, no, this is awful. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I don't want that to be the case. I want to be able to go right to Scripture and be like, oh my goodness, that's, that verse just came to life. It's a li- the Bible is living. But I want to know that. I want to experience that. That when I go through these trials, I can say, okay, God, you are with me. Your presence is with me. This trial is just for me to realize I need to hold on to you tighter. I need, I need to trust in you more. I want that sort of posture. Jeremiah 31.25 I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. This is the spiritual part of us. This is the spiritual part of us. If you don't know Jesus in here this morning, you might be tired. I've read, I've read some stories and testimonies of those who are searching and searching and searching and trying and trying and, and just cannot accept Jesus as their Savior and they are tired. They are tired. Maybe that's, maybe that's your case. Maybe there's a sin issue. And you just cannot, on your own, you cannot get over this mountain of, of guilt and shame. You just can't do it. You can't tell anyone. Sometimes we don't even tell ourselves. We're tired. We cannot do it on our own. But God is saying these things. He's saying, I will refresh you. Think about 2020. Think about up ahead. In Isaiah 40, 29, he says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. It's not, it's, it's not bad to admit that we're weak. It's not, a, it's not a bad thing to admit that I need God. These 12 in the boat, these were, these were men. These were, just, these were fishermen, yeah. most of them. These guys... These guys have been out on the water before. A ghost. A ghost. I could, could you imagine that? Freaking out about this. They're tired. They're weak. Jesus enters into the scene and says, Don't worry. It's me. I'm here with you in this storm. I am here with you. Paul writes in Colossians 1.29, To this end I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. It's all about Him. It's all about trusting in Him. I am so proud of the tired parents that continually bring their children to church. I'm so proud of the parents who continually go to home group and just keep doing it, and keep doing it, keep pressing forward. Right now, it's really hard. It's, Sunday mornings are rough sometimes in our house. Very difficult. It's very difficult sometimes to go hang out with people, other Christians, because you're like, oh, it'd be easier just to not do that, you know? But I'm so proud of, of 
those who can press in and do it. Keep doing it. That goes back to our quote of this fatigue that, that can change a generation. Can absolutely change a generation because our children are watching. So having the correct posture as a parent, this is what we're doing. We are disciples. We are followers of Jesus. This is what we're going to do. But as we're doing that, we, we get to know that His presence is with us. His presence is with us. So I think that what Jesus is showing His disciples is, first of all, when He says, come away to a desolate place, He's not like, come away, with His like, fingers crossed. He, he means that. He wants us to have rest. He does. But also, he wants us to understand that if we don't get the rest, when we don't get those, those seasons, those times of, of refreshment, he's still with us. He's still walking with us through the storm. It's really interesting to me, one, one thing about the, uh, in, in California, there's these really big trees called the redwoods. Have you heard of those? Big? Yeah. One, one, one of the reasons why they get so big is that ever so often there's a massive fire. Because, you know, there's forest fires. But what happens is the bark of the tree gets burnt off, and so new bark grows, and so they expand, and the trees expand and keep, keep growing. And so it's the fire, it's the forest fire, that helps the redwood trees grow to get bigger and taller and even more massive. That's interesting, because we think forest fire, ugh, that's, that's bad. Forest fires, are, they do nothing good. But the redwood trees are like, yeah, bring it on. I'm getting bigger. Ooh, yeah. They, that's, it's part, so the trial, the heat of the fire makes the tree more massive. This is exactly what's going on with our faith. James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. What? Count it all joy. That makes no sense at all to the world. But to followers of Jesus, we can say, okay, God has a plan. God has a plan. But this doesn't mean that we walk around like this. God has a plan. Everything is great. We mourn with those who mourn. It's hard. Times are hard. We're tired. But in ourselves, we know God has a plan. Even if that plan is just for him to know that he's with me, just to really experience that comfort, the God of all comfort, to to fully experience that, maybe that's just his plan. Maybe there's something else. But whatever the case, God has a plan. So we look forward to, to 2020, and we can say this is going to be the best year for you ever. This is going to be your best year or it's going to not be your so best year. It might not be a very good year. But what we can say is, God is going to be with you. And what we can say is, we're going to grow. We go through 2020. We get to the, you know, in a year from now, we'll be at this, this spot. And we can look back at 2020 and say, wow. That trial that I went through, that is so good. Because I learned more of God's character. More of this part of God's character. I'm able to help somebody else now who's going through the same thing. I'm able to encourage them. 
So just an encouragement for us this morning that if you're tired, if you're tired, keep going. Keep going. Trust. Trust in the Lord. Trust that He has a plan. Trust that He cares and that He loves you. If you don't know the Lord, this morning we're, we're going to have a communion. If you don't know the Lord, if you've never asked Jesus, the Savior of the world, to be your Lord, this morning is a morning to do that. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Right now is that time. Right now is the time to do that. Jesus knows. He cares. He does not want you to continue to experience this un restness of the soul wrestling battling over these things Jesus says just if you're if you're heavy laden if you're burdened just come to me I want to give you rest I want to spend time with you